Welcome to Soul Talk. This is your host, Pastor Rick Qualls. We hope this is an encouragement to you as you walk with God. Hi, this is Pastor Rick with Soul Talk, and uh, we're delighted that you tuned in. Uh, Dave Rembolt is with me here in the studio, and uh, Dave, I know that you were preaching this last week, and how did it go? Um, actually, it went pretty good, pretty good, Pastor Rick. I, you know, um, I was just uh, I was just talking about it that I don't get nervous for that sort of thing like I used to back when I first started doing it. Well, that's great. Yeah, I just get up there and talk, and you know, people can do what they want with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you know, t- talked about some Bible, told a couple stories. It was fun. That it is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It is kind of fun. I still get nervous after forty years. Really? Can you imagine that? Wow. Uh, yeah, I have to have my stuff right in front of me, and I don't read it. I just talk it. Yeah. But if I don't have the notes there, my mind goes blank. Hmm. Wow. It's a funny thing. Yeah. See, I have to have the notes um, not because my mind will go blank. It'll be because. I mean, it goes blank, but in a different way. Like, I'll just go talk about anything. The notes keep me corralled, so to speak. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Well, that's because you and I have opposite personalities. Oh, do we? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I yeah. think so. I was just sitting here thinking we had a lot in common. Well, we do have a lot in common. <laughs> I but, know what you're saying. Well, I was reading out of uh, Mark the other day. And uh, just let me read the passage to you. It's, out, it's about John the Baptist. The messenger was John the Baptist. He lived in the wilderness and taught that all should be baptized as a public announcement of their decision to turn their backs on sin so that God could forgive them. People from Jerusalem and from all over Judea traveled out into the Judean wastelands to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. His clothes were woven from camel's hair, and he wore a leather belt. Locusts and honey were his food. Here's a sample of his preaching. Someone is going to come who is greater than I, with so much power that I'm not even worthy to be his slave. I baptize you with water, and he will baptize you with God's Holy Spirit. Now, as I was reading that, God just pointed out to me, can you imagine eating locusts and eating honey, and and that's your diet? Yeah. And wearing a camel hair coat? That makes me itch just (laughs) thinking about it. I was like, I'll tell you, out there in the Judean wastelands, I mean, it's probably wasn't a lot of choices. (laughs) That's true. There's not a lot of living things going on out there. That's true. That's and, very uh, true. Yes. Know, once you get so, um, it's it's always interesting to me, to me the geography because the wastelands from the from the wastelands which are kind of mountainy, mm-hmm. hilly, um, there's a valley, the Jordan Valley, and across the valley is the river, right? Right. Jordan river, and so you can see all that from the wastelands. Yes. Um, but it would have been a you know probably a day's walk to the river. Uh huh. And so it's just. And you got people from Jerusalem and all around coming. Yeah. So they had a good walk. I always think about them being there, like this guy. And the but the valley is different. So you're standing in the wastelands, which are barren. Mm-hmm. But you look at the Jordan Valley and it's green and it's lush. Like it's where everyone grows their crops, you know, like it would have just been a very fertile area. And it's it's so interesting to stand in an area that's barren and look at something fertile. It's it so close, you know. Totally opposite. 
mm. uh, the green of the valley, and like you say, it, the wastelands, are they're just terrible. Yeah. And terrible. in a lot of ways, um, having that geography helps understand John the Baptist, because here he is living in the wastelands, and mm-hmm. looking like a guy that, like, right out of a Mad Max movie, right? <laughs> he looks like he's literally living in wastelands, yet he's proclaiming something fertile is coming. Yes. Right? Something lush. Yes. Something with life. Right. And I like that imagery. But yeah, he's a simple dude, he's right? He's a simple guy. <laughs> His message was simple, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, repent and find forgiveness, and there's one who's coming that's greater than I. Uh, as I was thinking about that, just as an aside, uh, in Malachi, it talks about Elijah coming before Jesus. And so uh, that was John the Baptist. And so uh, John was living like Elijah lived, mm-hmm. and uh, he fulfilled that prophecy. But going back to simplicity, uh, that is one of the things, one of the disciplines that we need to be practicing as Christians is not make our lives so complicated that it interferes with our relationship with Jesus. Simplicity is the name we give to our efforts to free ourselves to give full attention to God's still small voice. I think we've all got a disease called affluenza, affluence and influenza together. And uh, we go to Stuff Mart, all of these places, and we've got all of this stuff, and we have to work extra harder to get it and so our time becomes a problem, and the whole, we're infected with this in our society. Every place we turn, there's someone somewhere that wants our dollar. Is it bad that I'm sitting here and I'm like, ooh, Stuff Mart sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> I want stuff. You want stuff? Uh, bad news. Bad I got news. stuff. I've got <laughs> stuff, too. Coming up my so, ears. This message is for me also. Tony Campolo says that uh, affluenza is overshopping, overwork, debt, and the pursuit of money. And then he raises the questions, how much should we be giving to the poor? How much do I have to give away of time? How much stuff should I have? And who and how will I support other people. Now, the sad thing is that uh, over the the last years, our, our churches and society have become focused on individual rights to the exclusion of community. Mm-hmm. And as we focus on individual rights uh, and take it too far, then we leave out community. We leave out helping the the poor. We leave out. Uh, making our lives simpler so that we can hear God. And uh, I think that's become just a a big issue for our lives. We're going to be talking about some uh, spiritual disciplines here and and how they can help. Uh, But we're going to take a break right now and just think about simplicity for a moment and how do you live that out. talking about simplicity and how that's a spiritual discipline for us and how as we develop that about our possessions and our time, uh, how that can help us grow. And I wanted to talk about just some things that help us 
and have scripture uh, to go with them. Uh, First of all, simplicity gives us a singleness of heart. Uh, It helps us focus on God. In Matthew 6, 19, Jesus said, don't store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. And uh, you can't get much more simple than that. Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And as you do that, then everything else falls into place. And so simplicity teaches us uh, something about being single-minded. And then it brings up the uh, ability to be generous. Uh, In Leviticus 25, 8 through 12, it talks about jubilee. You're to consecrate the 50th year and proclaim freedom in the land for all of its inhabitants. It will be your jubilee when each of you is to return to his property and each to his clan. The 50th year will be your jubilee. You're not to sow, reap what grows by itself or harvest its unintended vines. It's to be holy to you because it is the jubilee. You may only eat its produce directly from the field. Uh, did you know that scholars have not found a time when the Jubilee was uh, kept? Hmm. No. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it really foretells our own Jubilee mm-hmm. when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ will rise first. Yeah. And then we who are alive shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. So there's a real generosity that goes on, freeing everybody, canceling debts. We need to be generous, and simplicity helps us to do that. Then it brings about simplicity and justice. Uh, one of my favorite passages is out of Amos chapter 5. And the Lord tells his people, therefore, because you trample on the poor and exact a grain tax from him, you will never live in the houses of cut stone you have built. You will never drink the wine from your lush vineyards that you have planted. For I know your crimes are many and your sins innumerable. They will oppress the poor, take a bribe, and deprive the poor of justice at the city gates. Therefore, those who have insight will keep silent on such a day, for the days are evil. Hate evil and love good. Establish justice at the city gate. Perhaps the Lord, the God of armies, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. And then here is a beautiful promise. But let justice flow like water and righteousness like the unfailing stream. (laughs) And so... Uh, that teaches us from Amos that, uh, that God is concerned about the poor. He's concerned about the vulnerable. He's concerned about the weak. And that, uh, as Amos says, there is a judgment when uh, we really don't care for the vulnerable. Yeah. And when we get so self-focused that they just become an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And simplicity can help you grow uh, to be a spiritual person. Yeah. You know, uh, James actually speaks on the dangers of not keeping your life simple. Yes, he 
He yeah. does. Do you know where he does this? He, uh, he puts it in different words. He says, don't make plans. Don't make plans. Um, and he says, don't make plans because I was talking about this this morning. This is, it's interesting how, what you're, what you come to talk about often is playing into what I was talking about earlier. But, uh, James says, don't make plans because you don't know what tomorrow brings. Mm -hmm. Now, um, this speaks to a couple of things. One, and he gets into it right after he says it, it's the time thing. Your life is short. Um, you could die tomorrow. Right. And so it's on that level, it's a waste of time. But then he's speaking to another level here too, in that your knowledge isn't enough. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. Only God knows what tomorrow will bring. And so when we make plans, we are complicating our lives and losing sight of God's plan, mm -hmm. right? God is a plan Absolutely. because he knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And what you're talking about, this simplicity is is often clouded. We make our lives more um, difficult by our ambitions, right? Well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to make CEO. I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to get this promotion. I'm going to do this. And all of a sudden you're passing up and, and, and not able to pay attention to what's happening around you. So you don't know what God's plan is, right? God's plan may have been for you to talk to this person that you just hurried by because you had plans, you had things going on. And I talked about that all this morning in the sense of Peter in the garden, and he mm -hmm. takes the, takes up the sword to defend a Jesus who wasn't wasn't being taken. He was willingly right. going. Yes, and yet he almost kills some poor servant. I know he <laughs> really gets in attack mode. Yeah, because Peter was worried about his plans. He wasn't in that moment. He didn't care about God's plans because Peter had plans. Peter had plans for the Messiah to sit at his right hand for him to conquer, be, you know, make Israel great again and do all these things and, 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 and have things on the, on the up and up. And he was going to be there sitting at his right hand. So, so Peter had these plans that clouded him mm -hmm. and made his life complicated. He was thinking about too much instead of just thinking about God's plans. And when we're just trying to think about God's plan, it brings a simplicity to our lives. Yes, it does. And I'm not saying we don't go to work and work hard. Right. Simplicity teaches that too. But the ambition part. Right. The part where I'm making plans, well, I'm going to get something from working hard. Mm-hmm. Mm, this is where it gets bad. And we lose focus. The danger of losing simplicity is the danger of losing sight of God's plan. Yes. In my, in my opinion. There's only one thing to do, and that's to do what God asks. Yeah. And if you do that, it simplifies everything. Mm -hmm. If you listen to him instead of all the voices around you, just listen to his voice yeah. and do what he asks you to do. Yeah. Simplicity. You might think about how, uh, how you could simplify your life and use it to grow in your spiritual life. We'll be coming back in a little bit to do some self-examination on the subject of simplicity.
And so we're back now with Soul Talk. And uh, we've been talking about simplicity and how that can help you grow. Uh, And I wanted to do something different as we do some self-examination. From the Society of Friends, they have a thing called the Quaker Queries. And they come up with a list of questions for you to examine yourself. And it's not a constant list uh, because it reflects what's going on in the world now. And they give that out to their meetings. And in the meetings, then people begin to examine themselves about them. And I thought this uh, about uh, the simplicity might might be really helpful. Okay. Well, okay? because when you said Quaker queries, I, I thought we were going to eat something yummy. Oh, did you? Like maybe some oatmeal. Or something. I'm <laughs> some sorry, cookies. I didn't bring any cookies. <laughs> you said Quaker. Well, when you say Quaker, I always think of good food. Yes. And then, um, but yeah, you're talking about like the Quaker Quakers. Yes. Okay. Yes. Society of Friends. Society of Friends. Okay. And you know, we can learn from the different groups around that can really teach us. And this is one thing I think we can learn from them. All right. Let's okay. Learn. Let's take a look at some of the queries. Maybe we'll have a cookie later. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Chocolate chip cookies is my preference. All right, I'm focused. I'm okay, focus, focus, Dave. Focus. First question, how do I take time to renew myself? Mm. I looked at that and I thought, mm, I don't do the things that I need to renew myself. I we- spend time in listening prayer, study my Bible and, and do all that, but... Uh, I don't have any leisure activities to renew that side of myself. And that's a tough one because I think a lot of people in today's day and age would say, well, I exercise, I work out, but I wouldn't say that's renewing yourself. I think what, if I'm trying to get at the heart of what the Bible would say, then renewing yourself means taking a, like not just a rest, not like I'm going to go sit on my recliner and watch TV, right? That's not renewing yourself. Right. I'm talking about quiet time, prayer Mm -hmm. time meditation time things we do not really make time for anymore we may do we may do prayer time but how many people that pray do prayer time they they say the things they want to say to god and that's it Mm -hmm. how long do you spend listening for god right that's that is a, a real key but i think they're also talking about simple things like uh one of the most spiritual things you can do is take a nap if you're exhausted Take a nap. Now you're speaking my language, Pastor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you remember uh, the story of Elijah, mm-hmm. he took a nap when he was exhausted and God fed him. Yep. And then he took another nap mm-hmm. and it helped him have the strength to do what. So a nap can be. One of the things that I used to do to renew myself was ride my bike. And as I ride my bike out in creation, I like to get down the highways and listen to the birds and listen to the insects and, and all of that. Uh, and I'd have, <laughs> I would have a little notebook with me and, and God would start speaking to me about things and I would write those things down. Mm. And that's a kind of renewal, but I don't have those things now. I do the listening, but there's other ways to renew Uh, Next question. Do I know when to say no to work I can't adequately attend to? Mm. Do you know how to say no? Oh, yeah. 
I'm actually an expert. I'm expert level at that. All right, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Some people, um, especially a lot of younger people, you see a lot of younger people um, who can't say no. And then that you can clearly see that as they're saying yes, they're getting stressed, man. They're tightly wound. You know, it's having an effect on them. Yes. And you have to go to them like uh, as a mentor figure. I can go to the, the ones I'm thinking of and I can go like, hey, you know, you're allowed to say no. You're allowed to say yes. no sometimes. We need to know what our boundaries are, our boundaries for how much work we can actually get done, how we can renew ourselves, yeah. all of those things. W what I would tell someone is this, uh, that's struggling with that, you saying no one time doesn't erase the last 50 times you said yes. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Relax. Yes. Nobody's going to be like, oh, you're a deadbeat. You won't help me. Like, no, no, that doesn't erase all those times. We know you help. Yes. But... Some of the best and most kind people that I know that go to church, we will, because we know that they'll say yes, they won't say no, mm -hmm. we just pile stuff on them until yeah. they get spiritually exhausted and they, in a lot of them, end up leaving the church Man. because they need the rest. They never had the renewal that takes place. You hit that right on the head too. Why is the church such an abuser of people like that? That that's, I've heard that story a hundred times like that. Yes. Why, why do we do that? The church should be the one thinking about that. Yeah, I worry about that all the time for people, like not for myself. Cause I say no all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm very jealous of my, my rest time, my Sabbath. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, the people that, just do everything for the church and then you just keep piling on them and nobody thinks about it. And it's like, man, you better start thinking about it because they're not thinking about it. And then pretty soon they'll just break. And we don't realize that that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We don't realize that we're taking away from them an understanding of their boundaries and what it is that God created them to do. Mm -hmm. And God created us to enjoy him. Yeah. today and forever. So, do you know how to say no? Yes. <laughs> Good. So, this is the point right there. If you ask Dave to do something, you already know what he's going to say. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get at you on that one. You made that one too easy. Can I be more thoughtful about what I need and what I acquire? Quakers tend to be known for their simplicity mm. with things. Uh, and what they own, and, and uh, is it really necessary, or is it just something that we'd like to have? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I don't I don't want to let that go by. Uh, the when you don't make your life simpler, um, you become less thoughtful. When there's more distractions, you become less thoughtful. And I think we live in a time where thoughtful thoughtlessness thoughtlessness is at a pandemic level. Thoughtlessness, um, empathy, compassion, these things are all at all-time lows in our society and culture. And I think it's directly affected by the distractions and the lack of simplicity in our life. The next show that I'm going to do has to do with what are the most common sins in America as individuals? What do we identify as? 
And then we'll take a look at some scripture and, and see what it says. Mm-hmm. Uh, another question, what conditions of our lives overwhelm us? The church, you can think about work, you can think about raising your family. What is it that overwhelms us? I'm not sure that God wanted us to be overwhelmed. Take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Well, do some examination. And uh, when you think about simplicity, think about John. Locusts and the honey that he ate. I can't imagine honey-covered locusts. (laughs) But he did that. He had a simple message. And uh, just remember that uh, simplicity helps us grow as a Christian person. Yeah. And so that wraps up today. And uh, we're glad to have you. Hope you are around for our next episode. God bless. And if there's enough honey on anything, you can eat it. (laughs) How true. Thanks for listening. We appreciate all of our listeners. Remember that greater is Jesus who is in you than the evil one who is in the world. Join us next time on the next episode of Soul Talk.